I've always wanted to have kids and my first child is arriving very, very soon. Some people though, they don't want to have kids and I often wonder why that is. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by George Criticos. I'm going to talk to him about some of the reasons why he doesn't want to have kids, some of the advantages and disadvantages. That's coming up right after this. Of course, hit that subscribe button. Welcome back to another edition of Learning to Dad. On today's show, it's going to be a little bit different. I mentioned in the intro, some people don't always want to have kids. Of course, it's too late for me to make that decision just a couple of weeks away from baby number one landing on my lap. So it's going to be an interesting show today. I'm joined by George Criticos. I mentioned in the intro, some people don't want to have kids for one reason or another. Go into that traditional family unit, I guess we'll call it for this one. There's a lot of differences, positives, negatives, different aspects. And we're going to get through all those on today's show as to why some people don't want to go down the parenting route and uh, look into it from a different angle. I always like to broaden my horizons, get different opinions, try and see from the other side's perspective. So I've always wondered if kids, as I mentioned, but I know George hasn't been in that category. And we're going to talk through a couple of different angles on today's show. But first up, George, how are you doing today, my man? It's going great, man. Things are things are awesome. No no kids crying right now, so I can record in a very peaceful and quiet uh, atmosphere, which you're not going to have for much longer. First off, congratulations. <laughs> he throws out the congratulations after <laughs> the comedy. We were having some fun before we recorded, talking some different bits and pieces, and uh, obviously there is definitely advantages to uh, the non-children uh, lifestyle that uh, I know it's going to be changed for me, and I guess that the crying in the background is something that I'm going to have to get used to as we move forward in the future, but we'll start off, obviously, I mentioned you and your wife uh, married. How long have you been married, and uh, you know, you, I know you do quite a bit of traveling together, but a little bit of the background on that side of things. Yeah, so so we've been together uh, about seven years and and married for about half of that time. So so we've been together for for a decent amount of time. We actually met three years prior to to dating. So we met in graduate school and then uh, kind of went our own ways and and started working and then just kind of reconnected and and things just kind of fell into place from there. So uh, you know it was very cool in that sense that that it kind of circled back around. You know, it's a nice story to to be able to tell. You know. Uh, but, but yeah, we've, we've been together for a while and, um, you know, we've moved around a bit together. So, so we, we definitely have, uh, have had our fair share of situations. So we're not necessarily, um, newlyweds that are just happy that, uh, that we found somebody. So, yeah. So I guess uh, the first question I'm going to have from that perspective is, you know, growing up, um, in your family, was it a, a case that, well, actually it's interesting for us. It was, you know, when you had that conversation with her about not wanting to have kids, obviously that's a very difficult conversation to have if your other, uh, side of the, the relationship wants to have kids. Was that something you talked about very, very early on in this uh, relationship? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, you know, just to, to date myself so that way people have an idea. So I'm, I'm 33 now. So, so we started dating, uh, you know, 26. Um, actually the, our, our first, uh, date was, was like my wife's birthday, her 27th. So, uh, so I have a pretty good idea exactly when we started dating. Uh, you know, so we were a little bit older compared to maybe some other couples when they first start dating. So, so we did discuss it fairly early on. I, I was pretty certain that, that I didn't want to have kids. My wife, uh, she's a, a single child. You know, she doesn't have any siblings. So for her, it was a little bit more of a uh, one or none type of situation, as she calls it, you know, one kid or no kids. And, and that was kind of where she was at. And, and I think uh, she wasn't necessarily decided at the time, but I was pretty certain with, with what I wanted. And so I felt it just made more sense to be honest and open with it early and uh, provide kind of that, uh, yeah, cause that's a, that's a big thing. It's not, it's not insignificant. And so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, 
you have to be fair to a partner, regardless of if you think it's going to go all the way and, you know, to marriage and, and, you know, moving in together and all those other touch points that happen throughout your life. So, so for me, it just made a lot of sense to, to, to get that uh, conversation into kind of the atmosphere early on in the relationship. Yeah, because I, I know in our relationship and in many other relationships, people talk about, you know, what size of a family a person wants. And if it's a case of like, you know, if I want three kids and you want one kid or you want no kids and I want 10 kids, like there's not, it's not really a long-term compatibility if there's a huge difference in that side of things. So it's something that needs to be talked about earlier on, whether it's that you want kids or don't want kids from that perspective. But was it something, George, that you felt always from uh, an early age that it wasn't something that you wanted you didn't want to have uh, children was that something that uh, came upon you very early in your life or was it something that you just developed later on yeah I think uh, you know I don't think I ever really had a very um, major urge to to have children even even in my teenage you know as you as you kind of start dating and and those things I think those things start to really enter your mind more versus when you're really young you don't think about any of that uh, you know, you're kind of more worried about, uh, you know, what video games to play or where you want to ride your bike or things like that. So uh, for me, you know, as I, I kind of started dating and, and, you know, making more grown up decisions, I think it just became clear to me that it wasn't necessarily something I uh, wanted to have in my life. And, um, you know, and, and truthfully, I wasn't sure if, if even marriage was something I wanted to have. And, and that obviously worked out. And, and, uh, so my wife will actually say, well, you didn't know about marriage. So how do you know about kids? And <laughs> and I said, well, I think it's a little bit different for me at least. And uh, you know, with, with marriage, you find the right person and everything. And, and, and there's honestly a fear of, you know, if I did have a kid and uh, I, I, my certainty of, of not wanting to have kids, maybe I, I question it at times, but if I did have a kid, there's no turning back <laughs> in that situation. You can't just return the kid. <laughs> uh, or leave them at the mall uh, or anything like that. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a very definitive thing. And so for me, um, you know, I, I never really felt a compelling urge. And, and anytime I question it, uh, I just think to myself, you know, if, if, if I'm not certain that I want to have a kid, it's very hard for me to, to consider it then. Yeah. And I think it's a, that's a, a very responsible outlook on it because, you know, I've talked to people about, you know, wanting to have kids and obviously very early in the process of me doing this show, when I put it out on Twitter, you had gotten contact and said if I wanted a different perspective. So we've been kind of working on this uh, behind the scenes. But the thing that I found that I took away from your side of things was that, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that have kids that definitely should not have them. And one of our episodes coming up with Matt Kelly, we talk about bad parenting and, you know, what to do about that. So there's a lot of people out there that are bad parents that shouldn't have kids. And I just think that, you know, if you are self-aware enough that you don't think that you want to have children and you know obviously then that is just a huge responsibility from that perspective too but there's a lot of people who i don't think should have that responsibility of having kids so i do understand where you're coming from there but when you look back to when you were younger your your childhood do you think any of that there had a impact on you know your decision then to to not want to become a parent do you think there was any influence there or do you think that it's just a combination of everything as to how you developed as your life went on yeah, I, I definitely think there was influence there. Um, you know, I was on an episode of, of Matt Harmon's Backyard Banter when, when he was running that a few years back, and I, I spoke pretty extensively about my family, and I have a pretty tumultuous relationship with, with my family. I don't, I don't speak to my parents. I don't speak to my siblings. It's, it's a pretty uh, divided family at this point. And so uh, definitely from an upbringing perspective, my, my father worked 
16, 18 hours a day. So he wasn't really home very often. Uh, my mother would, would work. They owned a, a restaurant for a number of years. So, so she would work uh, during the day when we were in school and then get back until maybe six or seven at night. And so we really didn't have a lot of parenting in our household. And so I'm, I'm sure that had, uh, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, uh, impacts on me. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I come from a very big family. My wife comes from a really small family. So obviously we have differences just in terms of uh, what comprises of family and, and uh, you know, what, what are traditions around the holidays and, and all those different things. So yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be an impact there. And I think, um, uh, you know, my parents were very adamant on, on certain things in my life, including uh, having kids and uh, being married in a Greek church, which I did not do, uh, and, and marrying a Greek uh, woman, which I also did not do. Uh, so clearly I'm defying everything here, but, uh, you know, one of the things they wanted was for me to have kids and not just one kid, but two or three or four kids. Uh, and it's just, again, you know, it wasn't something I necessarily was, was compelled to do. And I think, um, I'm sure there's a component of that that played into my, uh, disinterest in having kids. Yeah, and that there's something that does happen that, you know, I, I've talked in this show about traditions and family traditions, but sometimes family traditions can be, you know, not the ones that you want. Like, I, I think about traditions as like small things that make people happy that aren't that important. But when you talk about like, you know, how making sure that somebody has kids or making sure they marry a certain nationality, I think that there can make it very, very awkward. And then like sometimes you rebel against that. But the right. one thing then when you talk about, you know, the expectation there, you talk about that your parents wanted you to have kids. Do you think that, there's a stigma around uh, becoming parents or to have kids. There is that ex- expectation, particularly then when you, you go into marriage. Do you think there is that expectation there for that? And do you think that that's something that's unfair in modern society? Yeah, I think I think people view a lot of uh, of life as different milestones. You know, it's it's always like when when are you going to graduate college, and then what job are you going to get, and when are you going to buy a home, and when are you going to get married? And so there's always kind of the next step and the next question. And I think after marriage, it's kids traditionally is that next, that next step. And so we, we get asked it quite frequently, especially because, you know, like I said, we're 33. So we're kind of at that age where either friends have kids or they're having kids uh, or both in some cases. Uh, so, so definitely, it definitely lands quite often. And uh, you know, there's a, there's a certain, inappropriate nature to asking that question because you don't know individual situations. It could be the case where, uh, you know, someone can't have kids or they've been trying or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that situation may be. And I think it's difficult to automatically assume, uh, that, that someone will have kids and, uh, that, that, or that it's not a sore spot, just the way that, that anything else could be. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. And I think there are other stigmas around, you know, not having a kid, not having any kids, uh, you know, we're selfish because we're not having kids or, uh, you know, whatever it might be. So, so we definitely get a lot of that, which, uh, you know, not to, not to be a martyr because, you know, that's, that's, that's not the worst thing that can happen for sure. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, kind of, dichotomy that exists, you know, people who have kids very clearly have their own stigmas attached to them as well. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, obviously a lot of parents like to complain about their kids, but they, you know, you know, they still love them and, and everything like that. And, and it's the same for us, you know, we're not having kids, but we obviously still love kids and we have, you know, friends with children and nieces and nephews and all those things in our life. So it's not so much that we hate kids or anything like that, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> 
uh, although sometimes if you're at a restaurant and the, and the kid's screaming, then sometimes you might hate the kid a little bit, but, but overall, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting just because it, it definitely shows some of the societal kind of expectations around, you know, like you said, the traditional family, yeah. uh, and, and, and kind of that progression in life that if, you know, you don't have a kid, does that mean you've stalled in terms of your, uh, you know, that, that whole step-by-step to, to happiness or whatever, I guess the end goal may be. And uh, when you mentioned there, obviously, um, you know, some people, if you ask it, it's quite a, a personal question to ask because like you mentioned, if you don't want to have kids, that's one thing, but maybe you're trying to have kids and you can't at that present moment in time. On this show, we've talked uh, with Adam Rank, we talked with Mike Tagliere, and they both had kind of longer processes to, to have uh, kids. So it, it's not always just a case of the person not wanting kids. So it is a difficult a kind of a personal question that I wouldn't personally be asking uh, to anybody. But when you mentioned then, you know, you, obviously you said you don't hate kids, so that is a positive. Uh, but when you <laughs> when you mentioned uh, being around other people's kids, whether it's, you know, uh, nieces, nephews, relations, or cousins, whatever it tend to be, or even in, in restaurants or in shops, it can be a difficult situation. But when they're kids that you're spending time around, do does that ever make you think, maybe it would be nice to have uh, have a kid? Or do you think that, you know, it's just better to leave as is. How do you feel when you're around other people's children? Sure. I mean, I, I can say uh, my wife definitely gets the itch when she's around, you know, the kids and, and everything like that. And I probably don't have that quite as much. You know, there's times where, you know, you kind of are left wondering, you know, what if and, and all those things, just like I'm sure people have that for. Uh, you when know, they have kids, career. they're probably thinking, what, what if I didn't have them? <laughs> right. Well, there's that too, right? When when they hear that that I get a full night's sleep and they're up at two in the morning with their newborn, uh, but <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah, sure, of course. I think everybody has, uh, you know, the the doubts, and I think that's that's part of being human, you know, is is not being certain about anything, and yeah. so um, yeah, definitely at times, and uh, you know, obviously when you have the relationship with a kid, be it an Easter nephew or or a younger cousin or um, even just a friend's kid. I mean, naturally you, you create a bond with them. And so therefore I'm sure uh, you translated that over to the bond that you'd want to have with your kid or um, whatever it may be. But uh, you know, like I said, we're 33, but we're not, we're not that old. Um, I mean, I, to, to, to make things a little more graphic, I mean, I had a vasectomy a couple of years ago. Um, so, so I made it quite <laughs> certain, <It's> quite permanent, <laughs> yeah, right. In that regard. Uh, but you know, there's always other avenues, you know, adoption and, and fostering children and everything else. And, um, you know, fortunately, uh, we, we have the means where if that was something we wanted to pursue, you know, we definitely could still do that. So I, I can't say the door is shut completely, although the door right behind me is shut completely. Um, but I think in general, you know, for me, it's, it's, yeah, definitely once in a while, it kind of it kind of bubbles up a little bit. It makes me wonder. I think as well, a case of, you know, when you mentioned about other people probably thinking, oh, it'd be nice not to have kids now when you're not getting as much sleep. The grass is always greener on the other side. You always want to have what you don't have, and that's probably part of that as well. So, But it's it's interesting as well. Like, You know, I'm at the stage now where it's very, very close to this kid arriving, and I've always been on the side where I'm the non-parent and I'm looking at it. Like I work in retail, you see people coming in, their kids are a nightmare. They're pulling stuff off the shelves. They're just making a mess everywhere. And you're thinking, and the one thing that really does irritate me is when the parents says, 
don't do that. That man over there is going to give out to you. And I'm thinking like, you should have more control over your kids than that. But I'm definitely going to be on the other side now where maybe in a couple of years time, I'm the one doing that. But when you look at other people and the, you know, their parent and other people's parent, is there anything that you pick up on that you think that's, uh, you know, a very negative way to what people's parenting skills are in, in the world today? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm the outsider and I'm sure parents will, will get upset with me with anything that I say that they're doing wrong. Uh, but, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, my parents owned a restaurant for a long time. It was one of those family restaurants. So I got to see kids growing up, you know, and how they behaved in a very public place. And, um, you know, obviously as an adult seeing, seeing kids out. And I mean, I definitely think that, uh, that the boundaries have changed, you know, in terms of, uh, acceptable behavior in public and, and things like that. I mean, especially now with cell phones and all these devices. And I mean, I, I remember my parents would bring, you know, a coloring book and crayons, not a device that makes noise to disrupt, you know, other people or, uh, you know, I never w- was able to get away with, uh, with screaming at the table or anything like that. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, my parents were, were not, uh, were not just the types that would tell you don't do it. They would remind <laughs> you not to do it. <laughs> so in a much more forceful way, which, which is, you know, a whole separate issue, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely differences, you know, and, and, I mean, I don't have any tips necessarily for people, but, uh, you know, it's, I think maybe parents get used to the chaos and the noise and everything associated with having kids. And uh, I think as, as things become more, more public with social media and everything else, I almost feel like people's boundaries with what they want to let you into their lives with has, has also become more public and no offense, but I don't really want to hear your kids screaming and yeah. uh, doing that. So, so there's always some of that, uh, but I mean, it's, it's tough, right? You know, it's, it's tough for, for parents to, to deal with all that. And I think, um, you know, now with, uh, you know, a lot of two parent households that both work, that's difficult too. I mean, not that that hasn't happened before, but I feel like it's become more common as well. And I'm sure that creates its own challenges as well, but yeah, it's a, it's a scary thing, man. Uh, (laughs) And uh, you know, I only get to interact with it in public outside of the friends that I have with kids. And I definitely, it definitely feels different than than when I was younger, but maybe it's because I'm an adult now. and, And so therefore my, my threshold for it has changed with it. And I, I definitely think when you mentioned that, you know, a lot of households now where both parents are working, the child is at daycare, the child's somewhere else. I think there's a, a lot of things that is just can put a strain on the, whether it's the child's behavior, whether it's the parents. I think sometimes now with the parents working all the time, the parents can become a little bit lazier and you know it's easier to put the, the child sitting in front of the TV. Something that I've taken from this series is a couple <laughs> of guests have said that, you know, their children, like, you know, they're all the way up to the age of two and they have barely ever watch the television and I think that there might be something that's quite good for their attention and development and things like that so I think there's a lot of things like that where kids don't get as much uh, attention from the actual individual themselves the parent but again I'm, I'm about to go into that look back on this channel in a year or two and see what, what I'm saying then maybe my views are going to be all different but I'm going to give you a chance now to to really kind of rub it in my face the last couple of days of what's going to be uh, you know no kids in my life. Uh, what are the advantages of not having kids? Because I know that you get to do a lot of traveling and I, I've done a lot of traveling, but I think that's going to really slow down. What are some of the advantages that you get to gain uh, on a daily, weekly and yearly basis? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to rub it in too much. I mean, <laughs> I enjoy having a, the freedom to, to, to not just travel, but to, to go, you know, to dinner wherever I want, because I mean, obviously there are certain places that are more kid appropriate and less kid appropriate. Chuck E. Cheese isn't in my future necessarily, uh, or any of those type of places. But, uh, yeah, I mean that, that stuff is 
nice. I mean, I feel like our house is probably a little cleaner and less cluttered. Uh, you know, I get to use the, the spare bedrooms as offices rather than uh, playrooms and, and, and things like that. There aren't 20 gates around my house trying to keep yeah. kids from falling downstairs, which would just mean I would fall down the gate. Uh, so, so I mean, there's some nice advantages to it, of course, but, uh, and then obviously the, 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 the discretionary money associated with not having a kid. And I'm sure that's probably one of the biggest stresses for probably most of the guests that, that you've had is around, yeah. you know, college and, and the increase in college costs and, uh, everything else. And, and fortunately I just worry about retirement instead <laughs> instead of college, which yeah. I don't know which one's cheaper at this point, to be honest, they both seem like they're going to cost about a million dollars these days. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some nice advantages for sure. Uh, but you know, on the flip side, there's disadvantages too. The, uh, the advantages, you know, you mentioned there, the cost, the cost of having kids uh, seems to be crazy, you know, worldwide, but like in Ireland as well, but just something that like, it's a side topic, but the, the educational costs in America at the moment seem to just be absolutely crazy. Like it's expensive here in Ireland, but the main expenses, like, you know, where you stay, your accommodation, the actual education part of it isn't as expensive. And what, when you look at what's happening in America, it just seems to be insane, but that that's something that's obviously not part of this show, but uh, the advantages of what you're saving in the long run against those costs, because uh, I know myself just from doing a little bit of study and they kind of reckon up to the age of 18 that it kind of costs them around a quarter of a million dollars or euros to, to get to that point. So it's obviously a huge, huge expense. And if you have that sitting in your bank account, it's obviously a, a nice little nest egg there for heading towards retirement. But Well, uh, and it's, it's scary too because uh, you know in the in the U.S. maternity leave and paternity leave are, are are so different than a lot of other places around the world and and from a cost perspective obviously not working but also not being paid uh, I'm sure is a very scary thing for for new parents as well I'm not sure what what Ireland's maternity and paternity leave policies are but I mean here in the states unless you have an employer who's very generous with that I mean you're saving up sick time and you're saving up, uh, you know, just the days that you don't have to pay for and, and all these different things. And I, I mean, that's terrifying to me. Uh, and I'm sure parents that probably feel the same way. And it's sad that, that that's the way it is. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that company should give a year off, but you look at the policies in other countries and it seems like there's probably a little more we could do there. And I'm sure that's a, another stressor, which, you know, I'm already kind of starting to lose it slowly the hair. So, uh, I'd I'd like to to, to keep that erosion to a minimum if I could. Yeah. I'm the opposite way. Mine's just coming from the back forward. So uh, (laughs) it's it's covered up here on the camera, but when you, like when you mentioned there, there in Ireland, uh, for anyone that didn't know, it's a paternity leave is two weeks leave, uh, but it's not paid by your boss. It's paid by the government. It's kind of half of a weekly wage. So it is something that keeps you going. You get money when you're not working. So that is something that uh, women tend to get in around six months, which again, isn't a full salary. But again, when you're not working, you're staying home, you're looking after the child. It is something that helps with those costs. So there is throughout the world, a lot of different advantages. Uh, I think America at the moment, just with the healthcare system, with the school system, there's a lot of stress on the economy. So, you know, We'll leave that to the business podcast to uh, to talk about. But another right. another question I've been asking on the series, and it is talking about pets. I know there's a couple of pets over there. So obviously you don't hate pets and you don't hate kids. We just want to make that clear on the show. But what's the right. pet situation like over there? Yeah, so so we got a, a, a mini dachshund puppy about, uh, what have been about four months ago now, almost to the day. Uh, so So we've had him now for about four months. So he's six months old now. Um, so we got him really young. So that's the closest I'm ever going to get to a baby, which uh, I think he, 
was up in the night for the first two or three weeks. And then after that, he sleeps through the night. I think we kind of figured out the formula, which, which is not liquor by the way, but we figured out a formula <laughs> to, to keep him asleep all night. Um, but yeah, we have one little dog and I mean, he's great obviously, but then, you know, he's tiny. Many dachshunds are only about 10 pounds and they have those little tiny legs. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of the gates and, and some of that do start to appear and, uh, we had to buy the little stairs so he can get up on the couch and all yeah. that fun stuff. So, so yeah, that's the closest that we're going to get. And, uh, fortunately he can't mouth back the same way that a, that a kid can. So, so that's kind of nice too. And, uh, maybe, maybe your wife is just trying to soften you up. Uh, eventually <laughs> she's going to get her, get her way. Right. But when we look down, I guess I'll have to ask you, what's the name of the dog for the people following my show who people listen to the podcast. They'll probably know that my dog is called Packer after the Green Bay Packers. For those who don't know, George is not a Green Bay Packers fan. So, uh, George, uh, what is your dog's name? <laughs> so, so my dog's uh, full name is Charlie Brown because uh, my wife is a big Snoopy and Peanuts fan. Nice. Uh, so, so I like to think that you know that the brown part has to do with the 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 Bears. You know, the the blue and brown of the Bears. But it I thought doesn't. you were going to say the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. My dog's not a loser. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie Brown is his name. Uh, I let her name him, and that was the right move, I think. Uh, pretty cool name. And uh, when we're looking then, I've been asking on the series, uh, you know, if you could ask your dog one question in perfect English. And obviously, your dog's very young, so the English might be a little bit broken up. But let's say it does right. perfect English, and uh, we get to see what uh, George's dog. He needs one question to find out something to help it. Obviously, there's only four months there to know that question. I have my dog four years, and there's a lot of questions that I want to get to ask. I'm still trying to figure out. But what's the story, George? Uh, what would be the one question you could ask if you could get that answer in perfect? Oh man, yeah, that's a good. That's yeah. I don't know. I think um, if it was just a question that I had to ask this morning, it was why did you poop all over the carpet? But but I can't <laughs> ask that question and and expect anything more than you know. I just had to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know. I, and, and, uh, you know, it's the old phrase, uh, you know, dog and his bone, you know, and they, they kind of lock in. And, and so anytime he does that, I always want to ask like, what, what are you like, what are you fixated on? Like, why are you fixated on this thing right now? Uh, and, and that'd be the question I'd want to ask, but I wouldn't want to ask it one time. I'd want to be able to ask that one question a bunch of times, multiple times. So that way I can figure out why he's doing what he's doing. So I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> it's always hard to figure the dogs out you need it's like a genie in a lamp you need those three <laughs> questions uh, dogs and uh, animals in general are just so hard to figure out but again like kids i think that's what makes them so so fun they, they both have their challenges so it's been exactly. a lot of fun having having you on george and getting that different perspective of a few different areas that we've branched into on the series and hopefully we've been able to entertain the viewers as we've seen it it's been uh, cool to, to find out the different reasons behind it and uh, to come away I, i'm always trying to broaden my perspectives and my views. And uh, I definitely think that you've answered a lot of good questions on this one for the listeners who uh, aren't following uh, George on Twitter. You can do it at RotoHack. Uh, does a lot of good fantasy football writing uh, does work as well with pro football focus. So be sure to give him a follow on Twitter and you can follow me on Twitter at overtime Ireland. Obviously I want you to hit that subscribe button. I want you to watch the other videos and of course, leave us a comment in the comment section below of what you thought of today's episode. Keep spreading the word off the show. It's been a lot of fun to do. The baby is almost here and uh, I appreciate all the, all the emotional support on Twitter through, through the last couple of weeks. So until I'm back with another show, have a good one. <laughs>